millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Luke. I'm one of the coaches with PH Nutrition, and today I am joined by Liam himself. Liam, how are you doing, man? Very good, buddy. Very good. I've just come off a bit of training. I did Cindy this morning. I've done that in a while. Yeah, and a bit of snatch and then a bit of Cindy. So it's very good. Feeling good. Good. How are you, mate? How are you? Good. I'm very good. Thank you, man. Yeah, not trained yet. We'll train a little bit later. Looking forward to get some volume in. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to dive into this. So today, guys, we are doing another one of our research reviews. We're going to dive into a paper on pre-sleep protein intake. So the paper that we are going to talk about today is called Pre-Sleep Protein Supplementation After an Acute Bout of Evening Resistance Exercise Does Not Improve improve next day performance or recovery in resistance trained men and that is by Ormsby et al um Liam has a little overview of what they did here they kind of give away the results in yeah, the in the title of the paper they do um, <laughs> but then into dive into our thoughts on it so it's a it's a interest let's say interesting it's an interesting study um these guys what they did is they took 18 resistance trained Um, And they got to carry out some resistance training, ultimately. So the resistance training they got them to do was kind of an eight by eight of bench and squat between sort of 55% and 75% of their one rep maxes. Um, They then gave each person a standardized recovery drink afterwards. So they did this session in the evening about kind of 6 or 7 p.m., gave them a recovery drink immediately after about 8 p.m. And then they split into kind of two groups and one group received a teen serving of about 40 grams I mean, I say about, of 40 grams, uh, about 9 p.m. before bed. And the other group received a placebo flavor-matched non-caloric ridge. So both had the standardized recovery drink. Then it was either 40 grams of protein or essentially nothing but liquid. Then they went to sleep. 
next morning. Um, they in one vet max tests after having two bananas, which is an interesting uh, <laughs> training. It makes sense here, have some carbs and then go do you one rep max. Yeah. But they did one rep max testing the next morning. So training in the evening, one rep max testing the next morning. And they also took bloods um, before eyes in the evening and then in the morning to, to look at creatine kinase and C-reactive protein. So they're markers of um, muscle damage and inflammation there. Uh, they also looked at perceived hunger perceived recovery pain and then of course they made them do those one rep max tests that next morning to see how they fared so an interesting one for sure Liam what are your initial thoughts on this my initial thoughts are as you said interesting study is probably the best way to put it uh, like we talked about in previous ones I like when people start to or uh, to start to kind of think about practical applications like evening training that's what a lot of people do you know, so can we put in some research and interventions that actually mimic this rather than just it's at, in a lab at, do you know what I mean, three o'clock in the afternoon when most people are at work? So I liked that pretty much. That's all that I really liked about the design of the of the. Uh, all of the, you liked? The, yeah, I didn't really like Ooh. much of it. But what it what it does is it highlights for me the need that that, it, that there needs to be more practical research again. The, the the participants were a mixture of rugby and crossfitters, so applicable to a, a lot of our audience, and our men. I know, so we will be uh, saying that, that this is only on on it is on only on men, wasn't it? Eighteen men. Yes. Yeah. 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 There have been um, other studies into um, females. We might dive into obviously when we get into the discussion of this. Yes, but the design was, you know, I think some somewhat practical. Like you know, people do train in the evening and maybe train the next day, but. Uh, for me, I think, you know, we'll, we'll probably dive into the research in, in a bit, but I think, uh, sorry, the results, but I just think that there was a few flaws in terms of, I don't know many people that are going to take two recovery shakes and not eat any food afterwards. So it was a 20 grams of protein and 60 grams of carbs was the recovery drink immediately post-workout. And then the other person, then the other group had 40 grams of protein as a shake. So yes. effectively they had two shakes, which made they have 60 grams of protein, 60 grams of carbs and the other group had a recovery shake and a nothing. So I think that's a little bit, you know, maybe something that they could have tweaked. Um, and then, yeah, coming in and just getting them to eat two bananas and doing a run with max test again. Maybe not practical, but again, gives us insight in terms of, you know, what we want to talk about here is pre-seep protein and the practicalities and what you guys should be thinking about, you know, doing with it and how to use it. So I think we can talk about that after we find out what they actually found in the results. Definitely. Let's dive into the results then. So as I said, they took uh, blood samples, that first bout of exercise, and then in the morning as well. Um, and the results that there were obviously creating kinase C-reactive uh, protein, so biomarkers of muscle damage. They also looked at, like I said, their perceived pain, perceived hunger, perceived recovery, and how they performed on the one rep max test the next day. Um, and I'm announced that there was no significant difference, no significant differences found between the groups in next morning performance, so in the one rep max stuff, or in muscle damage biomarkers. The only thing that they mm. found a difference in was in a lower perception of hunger the next morning um, in the group that had the protein. So that obviously kind of makes sense ultimately because they have had more food and more of a satiating food. And the next morning they felt less hungry than the guys that didn't. Um, yeah, so they're just shocking. No difference, uh, would we say? Yeah. I, I would say that it does go a little bit against kind of other bodies of research, but 
it's yeah. a different kind of kind of research here with the keyword in the title of this study being like an acute bout of resistance training. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like a lot of the research, we're not, we're not denying that for me, I'm not going against pre-seat protein and its benefits of recovery. I think that's been proven. And just, just on that, like the reason why 40 grams has been given here is that's pretty consistent with the rest of the research. Is that right, Luke? Like, People yeah. have done 20 grams, 30 grams, and that hasn't actually been enough to stimulate a beneficial kind of response in terms of recovery and muscle protein synthesis and, and everything else. So if you are going to use pre-sleep kind of casing protein, then 40 grams is kind of a bit of a magic, well, a bit of a, bit of a number to aim for. Uh, I think for me, like, I don't know if there's enough time sometimes, like, you know, for the actual, the, you know, muscle soreness and, you know, markers of inflammation, they can often peak at 24 hours, 48 hours sometimes in some people. So I think saying that there was no change in terms of the recovery markers might be actually there was probably only 12 hours, not even that sometimes between the, the time that they were taken and the time that they were then redone. So actually, is there enough time to see, a, a you know, a spike or to see that there's a difference in these markers? Because I, I would have liked to have seen it 12 24 36 48 or something like this yeah then we might have got a better picture in terms of what actually happened to that so taking a one single measurement again think that's where there, there's a bit of an error i think that uh like you say the standard recovery drink i mean you made i think you made a good point off air that the reason why there was it maybe it wasn't a difference is because maybe that was enough because enough to stimulate recovery from both groups because both groups got given it Yes, but didn't they? Yeah, it's key. So that's that's an important kind of point that you mentioned as well. That in, in the real life world, where they basically had a shake, both groups had a shake, and then another shake afterwards. Um, and that standard drink that was had at kind of like eight pm, which is relatively close to bed to a lot of people, I guess, Relative, um, yeah, like yeah. two two to three hours before anyway. Um, and that was sixty carbohydrates and twenty grams of protein, and both groups got that. Um, and there has been. Yeah research before that has shown that even just 25 grams of, of whey in previous research has improved muscle recovery following a night of resistance. And that kind of 25 grams is close to 20 grams. And that's a study that we've seen before. Yeah. So it could well be that that standardized recovery drink was enough um, for both groups of recovery. And any more just didn't necessarily show that it was going to be more beneficial than just that standard 20 grams and that 60 grams but we don't necessarily know it's important to say that's a potential reason for seeing this for sure um i think the point yeah. that you made about the longer time domain is really key as well because again in yeah. previous studies um there was one out in soccer players football players for those of us that are british and those of us that are right <laughs> uh uh 60 hours following a game of football so a different kind of um stimulus league as well but still kind of very important when they were given 40 grams of protein after that match within the kind of 60 hours afterwards those guys who had the pre-sleep protein had improvements in maximal jump height and those kind of signs of performance yeah. as opposed to the one rep max stuff as well so that's another thing that's worth considering where it's quite a basic metric of performance of let's just do one rep max stuff um as opposed to yeah. maybe some other testings that could have been perhaps some endurance testing could have been done uh to see if that had any impact but again i don't i think what what you said at the start where it's not necessarily a, a accurate study i think is definitely worth mentioning um and worth repeating because no one's 
doing a session the night before and then thinking, yeah, I'm going to max out the next morning. You're going to max out when yeah, you exactly. are not under these conditions for sure. And it is interesting that they did that. It's interesting that they look for those markers. But as I say, I am not drawing too many conclusions from this study itself. No, I, I, I would echo that, buddy. And I think it's a really important point because, I mean, sometimes people might be thinking, well, why are you reviewing this study then if it's... You know, if you didn't like the if you didn't like the study design, if you didn't like this, it's because sometimes people will see this and go, "Oh, you don't need to be taking any pre-seat protein. Casein doesn't work." Yeah. You know, Especially whereas actually, it, yeah, is exactly the, the results are in the title. So the reason why we wanted to do this is to highlight the fact that no, it does work. But when you delve into the actual th- actual study design and the methodology, that it's just set up that. There's reasons why that they haven't seen a benefit. In in my opinion, your opinion, that that's why that you know we wanted to do this to be like yes, it's very very new research. So these types of studies, I think, are relatively dangerous when they put the thing in the study because it's like an impact. Because people read the titles, they read the abstracts, that's it. So if we can dive into it and be like, let's break it down and actually look, don't worry. <laughs> this is you know, something that this is the reason why they got these uh, results. The other thing I think with this is that they didn't have a standardized diet they just they, they told them to to record a food diary for three days but they didn't standardize it so again if we're looking at i know it was randomized the groups but if it you know it was randomized and that the people in the you know the lower protein group actually ate a higher protein diet compared to the other people and it matched it you know then then the, 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 then that might lead to their why there's no difference. If you're going to do it to that level, you've got to standardize the diet for the research to be like, make it fair. And so some people could be eating 1.3 grams and other people 1.9 grams. And then like you say, it doesn't, you know, it's matched because they're going to have to top up 40 grams. So that for me is another thing. One point that I want to make is about the use of pre-seed protein. Do you use it? Do you, do you ever take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever I taken do, yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. And you train, do you train in the evenings or like train later in the day? Don't so you? I train, so. tend to train in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, I almost use it as a relatively easy way to top up my protein intake. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's also, I use it as well for some people, clients who want that something a little bit sweeter in the evening after dinner. Yeah. Rather than them plowing through half a bar of chocolate or, whatever you want to do it's actually a nice way to go here's a here's an extra bowl of dose of protein and we know that it doesn't really affect body fat and if you're going to manage your hunger levels the next day as well which was a really positive result from this study then that's a beneficial thing as well like if people are waking up super hungry or you say their, their hunger levels in the morning are a bit all over the place then that's helped you know like uh, to manage to, to lower that so for me that's a, that's a useful thing for people that train in the morning and lunchtime, the research shown that actually it isn't as beneficial or it, it isn't as needed as those that train in the evening. So if you're an evening trainer, what I would suggest that you do is train 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m., eat a meal and then have some precept protein half an hour, 45 minutes before bed. What you're then going to do is... Again, get that kind of bolus dose before bed through the night. Uh, 
rather than be taking two shakes, which is really impractical, eat a meal, eat, eat, you know, uh, have a shake. Again, if you're someone that trains really late, someone like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and you go to bed relatively soon afterwards, then eat a larger meal earlier beforehand. So you hit, you flip it and then have a shake afterwards. So like be practical with that. And I think if the later in the day that you train, the more benefit you're probably going to get from pre-sleep protein. Definitely. so that would be that would be a take home for for that but also if you wake up super super hungry and you are struggling to get your protein intake like luke said i think it's a really practical way it's a nice place to put it rather than just going oh i'm gonna chuck a shake in with my lunch and you're already eating a load of, a load of protein then you know it's a it's a nice place to put it i think so uh, that would be my take homes for people to be to you for utilizing pre-seed protein and I think in those contexts as well, you don't have to be as strict with it must be 40 grams of protein. We know obviously this studies use 40 yeah. grams. We know we've seen 40 grams in other studies as well. Um, but if, like you say, you're someone that trains in the morning, so should be sandwiching that training with you know, feeds that are going to help with recovery, protein feeds, obviously getting your carbs in as well. Um, if you're just using something sweet in the evening, a good way to top up your protein and a way to make you feel less hungry in the morning, you don't have to be trying to chug down 40 grams. It can be as easy as say having um, something like a little bit of Greek yogurt, that kind of thing, where it'll be like 15, 20, maybe 25 grams of protein topped up there. That will likely still benefit you even if it is yep. just that case of topping up the protein intake across the day um, and yep. finding an easy that because we know it can be pretty hard to just choke down protein with every meal um, yeah. as we sort of and, and taking on so much at certain times of the day so it can be a really nice and easy one and like liam said there's been um tons of research around it before and some studies obviously that have said that have shown us that it doesn't affect fat metabolism either so one of those where mm -hmm. i know sometimes there's a little bit of a uh mongering about eating before bed isn't there but there yeah. have been studies that have unequivocally said like no don't worry you can have protein before bed and it's not going to change your fat metabolism it's potentially only going to be a beneficial thing um with yeah. regards to performance and that kind of thing and obviously this study goes slightly against that but it's a drop in the ocean of the research that is out there before and Definitely. it's also not saying that it's going to be a bad thing like even yeah this exactly study is saying eh, sort of thing so yeah yeah pre-sleep yeah. protein i think is definitely something that people should be considering yeah and you mentioned about uh, female participants as well on this so, do you have any insight on that they're a small amount um just based on studies that these researchers have actually uh, done before. So they looked at kind of pre-sleep chocolate milk consumption um, in male trained runners. Um, they kind of found that, that it did alter kind of metabolism the next day, but not necessarily exercise performance with that. Uh, but that potential in metabolism is an altering muscle protein synthesis, um, which is a beneficial thing. So it's one of those where there's a small amount out there for sure. Um, and they've shown that whey protein can have beneficial effects before bed. Um, in, in these tests, they looked at kind of 24 hours as well as the morning ones, which is not something that they did in this one. Uh, mm. And it's that extended time domain that you kind of mentioned there where mm. you might see more of a benefit over that longer time period. It might not have had enough time to take effect on the recovery side of things to bring the kind of marks of inflammation down. Um, and yeah. I think it's interesting um, uh, just marks of muscle damage and not necessarily marks of muscle protein synthesis. So 
lots of research before in pre-sleep protein has looked at markers of muscle protein synthesis as opposed to the muscle damage side of things yeah. too. All stuff that is yeah. worth considering for sure. Absolutely, buddy. And that's a more practical approach, isn't it? If you're training in the evening, usually you're going to train in the evening three to four times a week. You're not going to train morning, you know, uh, evening, first thing in the morning, evening, first thing in the morning, you know, unless you're an elite athlete, maybe. But even then, you're probably going to push it earlier in the day. So seeing a benefit, you know, consumption of this at that 24 hour period when you're probably going to train again that's a really positive thing in terms of like for an evening trainer and getting that pre-seat protein in because other research has shown that at that 24 hour period, when you're probably going to get into the session, you're going to be in a better, better state. Like I said, I think it's just a bit too soon to kind of be showing that. So good stuff. Good take homes. I think there, mate. Definitely. And I think it's worth thinking like we can get bogged down on, on one aspect of recovery sometimes. And it's important to remember that recovery is one of those multifaceted things and you can come at it from many, many angles. And it's always important to just kind of keep it simple and just remember it's the three R's that we say, isn't it, Liam? The three R's when we're thinking about recovery. So refueling, repairing and rehydrating are always going to stand you in good stead. So, um, yeah, because there can sometimes be a danger of people latching onto one certain thing and thinking, well, if I don't have um, a pre-feed, then my recovery is going to suffer. Not necessarily. Yeah. It can help yeah. it, but not having it is not necessarily going to uh, suff- like cause your recovery to suffer as long as you're still refueling afterwards, like these guys did with that standard recovery drink. So getting the carbohydrates in, um, yeah. pro to help with that repair, and obviously rehydrating. They are the three key things to help. And obviously across the course of a day, tons of other things you can do getting colorful fruit and veg in that kind of thing we know omega-3s are beneficial for recovery as well uh, and making sure you loads of those boxes before worrying about kind of like one individual thing that you might not be doing um it's yeah it's about the whole and not just this one potential intervention yeah exactly mate very good very cool. good hopefully we've got a bit of insight on pre-seed protein there which yes. is nice Yes, and an insight on how to interpret studies and not just read yeah. uh, read the title, take it at face value and remember to obviously look at what it means in the grander context of the research um, and what the study does and did. But obviously we are here to do some of that work for you. So um, yeah, that was quite a quick one, I think. Um, yeah, but as good. I say, it's a useful take-homes. Yeah, I think that was a very, very interesting conversation for sure. Um, and guys, we're going to be doing loads more of these. So if ever you find a research study that you want us to look over, that you want us to kind of dive into, that you're not necessarily sure about and you want us to help kind of interpret, then please do send them over on either our Instagram or our website and we'll dive into it for sure. Cool. Lovely. Thank you, buddy. Liam, any any last comments on recovery and pre-sleep protein before we go? I think recovery is about what you often do or not, you know, what you sometimes do. So recovery compounds. So you need to be doing things consistently. So rather than just thinking that one shake is going to massively affect your recovery, like Luke said, you've got to be doing multiple different things on a consistent basis. And that is how you optimize recovery, in my opinion. So making sure that you're doing the basics on a consistent uh, yeah on, on, on a consistent uh, basis and i think you'll be you'll be good to go Perfect. but uh, lovely stuff amazing i need to i need to get it i need to get it in my diet i'm gonna make a bit of a conscious effort but again i train in the morning so you know it's not a priority for me because i get it across the day but it's definitely a nice little addition definitely. happy definitely. days lukey 
Awesome. Liam, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I'll see you soon. Everyone else, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you ever want any more information on any of our courses, any of our programs, then head to our website, reach out to us on Instagram. But apart from that, we'll see you in the next podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.